Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low-income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I'm your host, William Schmidt. All right. Hello, everyone. This is William Schmidt, and I'm joined once again by Andrew Belter, and we appreciate you joining us here at Tax Justice Warriors. He has some topics he's bringing to the table, so I am going to turn it right over to Andrew. What would you like to talk about today? The Taxpayer Advocate Service, or as we call it, TAS. There's been a lot of chatter on the listserv about TAS, so I thought it would be timely to discuss how you send a case to TAS, how you follow up, what are some tricks or tips to make sure that TAS gets your 911 form request, and just compare and contrast between mine and Bill's methods, maybe discuss some other methods that we've heard from other practitioners. So, Bill, how do you send a case to TAS? Yeah, that's that's a good question because really the the main starting point for everyone is the form 911. Whether whether you are an industry professional in in the LITC or not, that that is a good way for any taxpayer to to contact the the taxpayer advocate service. Yeah, the form 911 they're pretty easy to fill out. They they guide you through it, and the prompts are self-explanatory. How to submit a successful 911, you have to hit the key phrases that they actually provide you. I, I don't know them off the top of my head, but isn't it like immediate financial harm to taxpayer or yeah, that's, process delaying times? Yeah, that's, that's a good phrase to use about the financial harm to to the taxpayer. Yeah, a, a lot a good amount of the form is is some basic contact information for for the taxpayer or for you if you have a form 2848 that that you're representing them what tax form number and what tax years. But then yeah, it's really 12A and 12B that are what you're filling out. So what is the tax issue in 12A? And what is the relief or assistance you're requesting in 12B? So I could see certainly if, if you're not familiar with taxes, the the relief or assistance you're requesting might be something that doesn't match up with, with what TAS has. But you know, maybe you're looking for that that offset bypass refund that, that we talked about in last episode where you're wanting TAS to get involved and your client owes money to the government and they have an emergency. So they would like to get their refund sent to them rather than the government. Well, you have to get TAS involved in order to do that offset bypass refund. But yeah, other times it may just be hey, you're not getting anywhere in working with the IRS and you're wanting TAS to get involved to, to maybe get something worked out or, or you have a bigger issue. And those criteria on the second page, section seven, I always try and fit that language into the explaining because that's exactly how they're going to decide if they will take the case and it's something they can work on or they have to kindly 
reject you. Yeah, I'm I'm going to run through a few of those phrases just just so that that we're getting them all on the table here. The taxpayer is experiencing economic harm or is about to suffer economic harm, uh, facing an immediate threat of adverse action, will incur significant costs if relief is not granted, including fees for professional representation, will suffer irreparable injury or long-term adverse impact if relief is not granted. And then some more issues are if they have experienced a delay of more than 30 days to resolve a tax account problem, they did not receive a, a response, a resolution to their problem or inquiry by the date promised. So certainly if a person received an IRS letter and it, it is giving a IRS response date, that, that this is a reason that that task may get involved, that the IRS isn't acting in a timely fashion like they promised they would. Then number seven, a system or procedure has either failed to operate as intended or failed to resolve the taxpayer's problem or dispute within the IRS. Uh, number eight, the manner in which the tax laws are being administered raise considerations of equity or have impaired or will impair the taxpayer's rights. And then last, the NTA determines compelling public policy, warrants assistance to an individual or a group of taxpayers. And this is something that they would note internally, but it fits in with something like the, I forget the phrasing, but where their debt is large enough that it is preventing them from using a passport to travel internationally. So that, that was something that was NTA public policy. And I don't remember if there's there's some other ones more recently. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a great tip right there, Andrew, to use that language in your request to let TAS know there is reasoning why they should take the case. Now, this is where I think different clinics have different methods. How do you get the 911 to the TAS office? Yeah, that's, I mean, often I am faxing it to, to the office that you can find TAS offices by links from the IRS website or just looking for the Taxpayer Advocate Service on an, an internet search. I will admit there are times that I think I have faxed them two different offices, and I don't, I don't know that they have responded. Certainly more since the pandemic started that I think it has been tougher to, to get communications to tasks and, and that they have been responding. So I, I don't know that, that I have the best success rate. Um, there are other times like I have a, a contact phone number or email for an LTA, that's the, what is it, the local taxpayer advocate? Is that what LTA? Yes. Okay. Now I have, I have different contacts from when I was working in Kansas to, to now that I'm working in Missouri. So I'm, part of it is I'm dealing with a different office. So now I don't know that I have the best contacts to, to reach them, but also I've gone on different outings with the LTAs in the past. So certainly when they are in contact with congressional representatives, so 
senators or state representative offices. Just as a note that, that those get priority within the task office. So that is a thing that you can certainly direct clients to contact their congressional representative as a way to, if, if we are having problems with contacting tasks that the congressional representative may have better luck because they, they are priority representatives for tasks. So that, that is certainly an option. Because I actually fax and email. I've been faxing and emailing lately. I don't know if that annoys them, but I have the email for how to submit it to Milwaukee. I always put LITC case. Uh, I write it on the form 911 in big, bold letters at the top, star it, make it stand out to them. That's what the previous LTA told me to do to make sure that it's flagged by the, her staff. Now the new LTA, I'm not sure what his protocol is, but he hasn't told me not to do it. <laughs> so I, I do that. I And then I followed up with the intake advocate to make sure that she received it and to see if she assigned it yet. I'll, I'll do that as well because the acting LTA before we got our new one, she gave me all the contact information for the incoming people, which I thought was amazing. I feel like every TAS office should do that for the LTAs. I don't know if every TAS office does do that for LITCs, but it certainly has helped me to send cases in, check on them, see where they're going, and make sure that they received it at the very least. Yeah, those those are good tips. I know, I know at our local task office they've they've had some new hires recently. I mean, that there are some things I've I've noticed that they were doing that that I I was kind of scratching my head about, but I kind of chalked it up to, you know, well, well they're new, and and so they're they're still learning the ropes and and trying to figure out what what the process is. But one of them, I mean, like she left a message on a case and said, you know, basically, well, I'll, I'll contact you back. I don't think she referenced the, the case or the, the person's name and did not give a callback number. So later on, I, I figured out which case it was. And then when I was talking to her next, I said, can I have your, your contact number so that, that I can get a hold of you in the future? So she gave me that and then that that was soon the the end of the phone call that that I was I was just noticing that it's like oh okay this this is a very fast phone call you know we're done with things yeah she she was closing the case actually at that point but yeah it's one of those things that that I think with tasks they've been backed up and if they're adding new staff then it's also communicating with them so they they understand what we are doing and and building that that better rapport and and connection with them. No, I I agree, and it is sounds like many TAS offices are backed up and doing their best. Personally, I must say that TAS has been wonderful for me. Responsive, they send my cases to Kansas City, which 
I guess they're technically not supposed to, but even that, I have no complaints because Kansas City worked on the cases and resolved them and communicated with me. So something I'm doing must be right. Maybe it's writing LITC case at the very top and making it in bold. I emphasize it and then they might put it to the top of the pile. I'm not sure. Well, everyone likes you, Andrew, so. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> my my only complaint is that there are times that, that I may not get a response or I'm not sure if if the case is being worked on or not. So maybe, maybe there is some lack of communication at times. And I mean, so I, I don't want to be griping about tasks because they they have been wonderful in resolving different issues for clients o- over the years. And I mean, like I was saying last episode that they've they've put in extra effort to to do the offset bypass refunds for clients. And and so that is that has been helpful. I mean overall I, I wish like I could wave a magic wand or something so that that the IRS wasn't as backed up as they are because like kind of the the level of service has been so different in past years like like they can go above and beyond for some clients when they're not as as backed up that that now I think they're they're having to kind of jump from client to client in in order to do what they can for each one but you know that's that's maybe something that that will have to get resolved over time to where to where the levels go down but yeah i mean i've i had a good working relationship with with the lta based out of wichita that we would go to different outings and make some presentations together or we we were at different kansas city public libraries and and giving informational sessions on on what task does and how people can be assisted with the IRS, and I, I would give a little quick plug for the, the LITC program. So it it's it had been a really good working relationship in Kansas, and I'm I'm hoping to build that in Missouri. So I I think TAS is a wonderful program. Yeah, that's how it was with the previous LTA here in Milwaukee. We would go to all different sorts of outreach together, VA events. We would go to EITC or EIC days and actually ran into the mayor, Milwaukee's mayor there. Nice. It's easy. I don't want to say easy, but it's good outreach that we can discuss on the grant reporting. You can get some cases through it. I know I partnered with Taz for, I think it was Taz Awareness Day. I think that was the thing. And I, I, I just basically hung out with the LTA all day and we passed out pamphlets to talk to people about what TAS does, what LITCs do, get the word out. And we get some case, we would we would get one or two cases each outreach. So it doesn't sound like much, but that is better than none, which I mean, a lot of outreaches for my organization, I imagine many organizations, they're lucky if they talk to one or two people, but we were actually getting one or two new clients every time it'll go out. So hopefully with the new LTA, that'll continue. 
I know I always enjoyed, especially the VA events. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I always feel like it's good publicity, no matter what, you know, what kind of outing and, and what kind of results that, you know, being, being positive, friendly people about like this, this is, these are the people who can help you with your tax problems and you know, we'll, we'll get it fixed that um, I, I think that's good to, to get friendly faces that, that people can associate with fixing tax problems. So yeah, I think those that's good. Now, what are some downfalls of referring a case to Taz? Because I have one off the top of my head. Yeah, go ahead. I, I don't, I, I don't know that I've had too many downfalls. I mean, I, I, th I don't know that, that they necessarily take the case away or anything, but I mean, sometimes like they are, they are responding every 30 days. And so at times that may mean the case is moving slow, but what, what were you thinking of Andrew? One thing that I noticed and now I'm aware of is what other departments and divisions of the IRS can do on an account becomes very limited once it's in Taz's hands. So you can't call PP uh, practitioner priority service up to get anything really resolved on the case because they're going to look at it and say, this is with Taz. We literally can't do anything on this case, which they can do some things. I've had some things adjusted or, uh, recently a current currently not collectible case the, uh got declining currently not collectible status then two weeks later his social security got levied so i thought well i gotta send this to taz now because practitioner priority service can initiate a, a manual refund so i did that but then in the meantime i thought you know it's worth a call just to see if they can at least verify that he's in currently not collectible status and thankfully pps could still put him in cnc status so i guess there was just a, a a box that wasn't completely checked or process that wasn't completely completed to unrefer his automatic levy situation so they were still able to handle that but on other cases i've called up and they can't do anything if it if it's with Taz and you know I ask can you do this they're like no can't can't do anything and that is one unfortunate part especially if your case is going slow but I would prefer it to be in the hands of Taz I think it it outweighs the whole other departments not being able to do anything on it yeah, that's that's a bit of a downfall in general with the IRS in that if it's in the hands of one department, it's it's kind of proprietary to them that it, it, then if you're contacting another department that they they can't make changes to the file or or something like that. So it's it's a downside to task, but I I think it's kind of a, a broader picture with the IRS in that. I mean, I, I try and explain to clients that your case will be with one department at a time within the IRS. So like if, if they have a tax court case, the question is, what do I owe? And they're thinking to like, how do I pay? And so I'm telling them, no, you have to wait until it's resolved what you owe. Then it gets sent to collections and then we'll deal with how do you pay? 
I mean, you kind of have to to think about the IRS in shifts is, is what I try and tell people that it's like, okay, we have to deal with the problem in front of us. And then when it gets sent to the next department, then we can deal with that next piece kind of thing. So, so unfortunately, you know, like you're saying, if TAS is working the case, then, then you can talk to a different department and, and do something else. That, that you're kind of stuck with with working with TAS or or whichever department it may be. So yeah, I, I would agree, but it's unfortunately you have, I mean, I, I would recommend thinking that way where it's like one department at a time within the IRS that, that you're working the case. Yes, I've had that same exact thing where tax court cases, they think, oh, okay, I, I'm gonna pay the, attorney now how do i have to pay that their attorney and they'll take the money and put it in the irs bank account i tell them no that's not a thing right we, we we wait and it takes a while for everything to get processed and put through but it's just a way of the irs so that that's our focus on on tasks right now was was that covering all of the the topics you were thinking of there well it's the holiday season. So I thought we should discuss maybe not as tax focused part of the job, but more well-being and making sure that people take the time to de-stress, not get too caught up into in their work, especially during this holiday season where you should be enjoying yourself. We just had Thanksgiving and you know the holidays are here and with that might come more stress or hopefully not as the year winds down and one thing i really wanted to make sure people take advantage of is during the litc conference i know it's not in person but you can still communicate with other practitioners network a little bit find some people that you can bounce ideas off of, get get support. I, it can be a struggle sometimes, especially if you're the only LITC practitioner in your organization. But we're all in it together. There's plenty of support around. At the conference, you can interact with plenty of LITC practitioners that might also need to have a colleague and make sure that we all take care of staying de-stressed and not, not too worn out by this job. Well, for sure. To go with a little bit of what you were saying there, Andrew, that for one thing, if you are new to the LITC organization, that whether we are meeting virtually or in person, they do try and, and have different networking sessions. And so, so that's something I, I would suggest to be on the lookout for. Some of the sessions are or connecting with other organizations that are like yours. So whether it's being in a law school or if you are working for a nonprofit that some are funded by LSC, some are not. So maybe you can connect with, with someone else in your group or or just, I mean, like here, here's a tip that, that I would throw out there is when, when you're there in person, figure out who is with a clinic geographically that would would be worth knowing. I mean, in that 
some there are several clinics within your state some there are there are not when i was in kansas i had the only clinic so i reached out to the neighboring states and i met everyone that i could with with those clinics so i could kind of build up a, a networking group that way so i i would suggest doing that just just meet who your neighbors are geographically with with LITCs but also there are different networking groups that meet during the month so usually just just gathering once a month if you want to get a hold of me like there there's one based out of Kansas City that basically I'm running it now it, it used to be Mike Bowman at at UMKC there's one out of out of Denver I know I mean, there, there's ones all across the country that, that are meeting. I, I think I've only gone to visited with three of them total, but there was, there was also talk of like, like they're, they're going to set one up for <clears throat> those who are working with, with Indian reservations, or I mean, I guess Native American would be the, the politically correct term, but, and yeah, other, I don't know, kind of, kind of like certain themes that that may overlap with different clinics so i don't i don't know if that one is still going on or what but you know maybe maybe there is a, a certain type of tax issue that affects your clinic that that may affect someone else elsewhere in the country that that would be good to to connect with them so i mean that that's something i would suggest but but just in general it's good to find ways that that you can be less stressed out at, at the end of the year, whether it's with the holidays or, or work or whichever, I, I would recommend those. Like I'm involved with the local bar association with regard to attorney wellness. And I mean, in general, in the legal profession or taxes or anyone else who, who may decide to listen to this, that, you know, law students or whatever, there are all kinds of things that that can be stressful for us and finding ways to exercise and get better sleep and eat better or or whichever in in order to reduce stress i i would agree wholeheartedly if if that improves your life then then definitely add it to to your routine yes take, everyone needs to take care of themselves it's a good reminder to maybe sit back, gauge your wellness here at the end of the year and make sure that you are doing okay because it is tough. And this job is supposed to be fun. This is one of the fun jobs, I think, in the attorney world. So hopefully everyone is having fun and not getting too down on themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Let's let's have fun at the holidays. I know it shouldn't, it isn't always the case, but, you know, gathering with, with family and friends, you know, let's, let's have parties and, and not, not stress. You know, One thing you said that I want to revisit, I have a lot of tribal tribes on my, in my service area. And I'm actually a little bit hurt that I was not invited to this, <laughs> this tribal networking group, or maybe I missed it, but I feel like I was left out. Yeah, this this was maybe five or so years ago. So oh, I okay. Know. I thought it was like yeah. five months ago. <laughs> no, 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 no. This this was a little time back. So I don't I don't know if it if it's still going or or what exactly. But 
yeah, I mean, you, you might check with the, the LITC administration if, if they think it's still going and, and like who to contact. That's the other thing at the conference. Don't be afraid to reach out to LITC headquarters people or any IRS employees that are there. From what I've found out, most everyone is willing to help, willing to guide an LITC practitioner. Yeah, and I mean, certainly your advocacy analyst would, would be someone to to start with and, and see what direction they might suggest for you. But yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of resources available. So, you know, don't don't be afraid to reach out if if you're looking for more help or or some some direction. I feel like we just did a PSA for being healthy. So yeah, yeah. I'm I I have I've said my piece for today. I think. <laughs> okay. Well, very good. Thank you, Andrew. This this was a, another fun discussion. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and I look forward to our next chat. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique. So do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.